Welcome in to week three of the Woo Pig Weekly Podcast, your weekly source for all things Arkansas Razorbacks. Let's get kicked off here with our college football news, where unfortunately Arkansas fell to LSU 13 to 10 on a cold 11 a.m. kickoff on Saturday. Where eventually, um, so we'll start off. Arkansas had a total of 249 yards of offense with 116 passing and 133 rushing. You'll first notice that, that that's a low number for Arkansas to have offensively for total yards, where we've been averaging at least 400 plus yards a game this season. So that kind of gives you an idea of what kind of struggles we had on Saturday. Um, Malik started the game for Arkansas as KJ wasn't able to go due to injury and being banged up. And coach made that decision midweek. So they knew, I believe coach Pittman said on starting around Thursday that KJ wasn't going to play and that we would be going with Malik. Malik started the game and he ended up going four of nine for 24 yards and 18 carries for 37 yards for only 2.1 yards per carry. So that kind of tells you right there what kind of struggles Malik had during the game. Uh, I don't know if it had to do with it, the cold and potential wetness of the ground, but he just couldn't get anything going rushing, which is odd for him. With his speed, he should be able to have more than just 37 yards on 18 carries. And then... With only throwing the ball nine times, um, you, we could tell that either he wasn't able to make his reads fast enough or our offensive line wasn't giving him enough time to throw the ball. Um, we were missing Dalton Wagner. He, he ended up not playing as well. But in the middle of the third quarter, we saw Cade Forden enter the game where he was able to come in and go 8 of 13 for 92 yards and a touchdown and have five carries for 17 yards with one of those carries being for a key first down in the game where we were trying to make a push to come back and score to win the game. But overall, neither quarterback looked great. We had struggles getting our run game going, which in tune didn't allow our rushing game to get going either, which those are supposed to help each open each other up. Rocket had a tough day where he only had 12 carries for 46 yards, averaging 3.8 yards per carry. Um, Even with a tough game this week and a tough game last week against Liberty, he still is second in the SEC for total rushing yards in the season. Um, Only second behind Judkins from Ole Miss, who we will see this week and we'll talk about a little bit later on in this podcast as we have our preview against Ole Miss. A.J. Green had seven carries for 31 yards, where he averaged 4.4 yards per carry, was able to get it going a little bit, and then Rashad Dominion was basically ineffective. He had three carries for two yards. Receiving-wise, Matt Landers had two receptions for 69 yards and the one touchdown catch. Jaden Hazelwood had five receptions for 39 yards. But the story for the, of this game for Arkansas was on, on the defensive side of the ball. Again, they played lights out. Latavius Brini started out the game with an early interception where he had an, a total of one interception and two tackles for the game. Uh, Drew Sanders uh, kept adding to his 
sack and tackle total for the season where he had 12 tackles, two solo tackles, one sack and one tackle for loss. Bumper Pool also turned in 10 tackles with five solo tackles. Quincy McAdoo, our star from last week, had six tackles, four of them being solo, with two pass deflections. McAdoo got the start this week at one of our DB spots, and this guy has some really good talent on the defensive side of the ball. I believe I said last week where coming out of high school, he played both sides of the ball, and we originally recruited him to come in and be a wide receiver, but it seems like he has been a lot of help these past two games in the secondary. So we'll see what happens over the offseason and going into next season, whether he decides to stay on the defensive side of the ball or if he wants to transition back to offense. Uh, that'll be interesting to see. We end up holding LSU to 284 total yards and forced two turnovers from them, one being that pick that we had with Latavius Brini. But we were able to shut down their passing game for the most part and with forcing most of their yards to come from rushing. Um, With it being a cold day, that would make sense with it being, you know, a tough day to throw the ball. But overall, it was a tough game. And Arkansas was definitely in it the entire time. If we could have got things going offensively, I think maybe you would have seen a different outcome for the game. Probably a touchdown. That's just my guess, but, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. where you could say if we had this or if we did it that way. But no matter what, I, I'm still standing with Sam Pittman. You know, I know I saw a lot of upset people on Twitter over the weekend, and, you know, that's fair. We, we did lose this game, a close game that was in reach, but this is only year three for him. I think, you know, he needs more time and to get his recruiting classes in. I know he came in, he had the recruiting class that Morris had kind of put together, and then he recruited some that next year. So we're, we're, we're kind of just getting into his recruiting cycle where he's bringing in the guys he wants move on from the Sam Pittman project because I think he is the guy for the job. I like the program he's building here, the integrity he has, you know, the culture he's building here. Um, so we'll just have to wait and, you know, see what we do over the offseason. Barry Odom's been doing, trying to scheme with the guys that he has there, whether that be young guys shorthanded in the secondary. Uh, he's been working with what he's, what's been here, and I think we've got to remember that. So, yeah, Arkansas ended up falling to LSU, which allowed them to lock up the SEC West. Uh, where they'll go to Atlanta to take on Georgia. Um, So we'll look at some other scores around the SEC this week where Georgia beat Mississippi Mississippi State 45-19. Alabama edges out Ole Miss 30-24, where at the end of that game, Ole Miss was definitely in that game and had a chance to win but could not convert down in the red zone with under two minutes to go to get the go-ahead touchdown. Tennessee beats Missouri 66-24, to where an incredible stat from this game is Tennessee had 724 yards of total offense, which is incredible, but also is not surprising due to their high-powered offense that they've been running this year and been able to put up a lot of points all season long. 
Vanderbilt shocked Kentucky by getting the win 24 to 21. And then we had Florida beat South Carolina 38 to 6. And Auburn got a win over Texas AM 13 to 10 with interim Cadillac interim coach Cadillac Williams getting his first win as an interim coach coaching the Tigers. So now we'll move into our next segment of our week recap for our other Arkansas sports that was going on during the week since we last recorded last week. Arkansas men's basketball took on Fordham on November 11th, which was another game to let the guys continue to gel together and just get into the flow as we are about to ramp up the season. Arkansas ended up winning 74-48, to where, again, for the second game, Ricky Council led all scorers with 15 points followed by Jordan Walsh with 12, Anthony Black with 10, and Jalen Graham with 10. Trevor Brazil led the team in rebounding with 8, followed by Anthony Black with 6, and then Makai Mitchell, Jordan Walsh, Ricky Council, and Jalen Graham all had 4 rebounds as well. The amazing thing with this game is we were able to get 9 Razorback players to score a bucket in the game, which is uh, a lot for nine individual players to at least get a bucket in a game, especially with how Musk rotates his players out with maybe getting seven, eight guys in, maybe nine on a a lucky day. But it was another decent shooting game from Arkansas, except for the three-point range. Um, Arkansas shot 46.2% from the field. They shot 66.7% from the free throw line. But where it gets worrisome is the three-point line. So Arkansas for this game shot 12.5%. We managed to win, but this was versus an opponent that isn't going to be on the level as SEC teams and some of the other teams are going to see this season. So that's where we're going to have to definitely see some improvement or get guys in the rotation that can help because we're going to struggle to win some games this year if we can't shoot better than 12.5% from the three-point line. I know that will probably change once we get Nick Smith back, which is that's still a day-to-day thing. From what I saw from Coach Musk today, he said it's still day-to-day, and he's still leaving it up to Nick and the trainer. We possibly could see him this week versus South Dakota State. I know – Coach said that he is off to the side working on individual things but not practicing with a team. Um, and then I believe I saw a report where before the Fordham game, he was out in warm-ups with a knee brace on, getting some shooting in with a team before pregame. So, yeah, that's just a wait-and-see situation, and hopefully we get him back soon. We could potentially see him at Maui. At this point, it's just a wait-and-see wait game for what Coach says. Um, another big thing for the defense this game is they forced a total of 30 turnovers, which is the most for an Arkansas team since 2004. This Arkansas defense has the chance to be elite this season and possibly could be the best defense that since Coach Muss has been here at Arkansas. This team is very long and athletic, and I think that's going to cause problems for a lot of teams this season with just how Again, long and athletic this team is and how they're able to create matchup problems. When you look at it and go down our roster with scholarship guys, our smallest guy on the team is Devo Davis at 6'4". So 
whenever we play quote unquote small ball, our small ball isn't that small. I mean, you look at Anthony Black, you know, he's a good sized point guard, which is a lot going to allow him to be able to see over some defenses and uh, opposing guys that are going to try to guard him and be able to spread the ball around a lot easier. So I still think there's a lot of excitement for this team. And I think a lot of people are anxious to see Nick Smith play and how our offense is going to look once we get him out there because our defense these past two games has been pretty solid and I've been pleased with. I'd rather start out the season having a good defense and the offense being a work in progress and not the other way where our offense is rolling, but we're struggling to get defensive stops on teams. So defense keeps up to hard work, and I know the offense will come later on. I know usually about – 10 games in the seasons when you really start seeing the rotation solidify and the offense come together. And then we'll move on and look at our Arkansas women's basketball team where they went to 2-0 versus UCA, getting the win 72-34. to Aaron Barnum led all scores with 19 points, followed by Michaela Daniels with 14 and Miriam Dowda with 10. Aaron Barnum led all players in rebounding with nine. Chrissy Carr had eight, followed by Sarah Poffenbarger with seven. They shot a total of 42.3% from the field, 27.3% from the three-point line, and 62.9% from the free-throw line. Our women's defense forced 18 turnovers in the game over uh, or against UCA, so they were able to get that win and move to 2-0 on the season. And then we look at our Arkansas women's soccer team who all had a big matchup against Missouri State in the first round of the NCAA tournament on Friday. Um, Arkansas beat Missouri State 6-0 to advance to the second round where they will play Ohio State this coming Friday. Um, Arkansas didn't just win this game. They pretty much dominated this game from start to finish. And... There's no way that you can get around but saying that Jessica DiFilippo was definitely the star of the game this week where she completed a hat trick with three goals, Um, which is a tough thing to do. So to see her be able to accomplish that, especially right here in crunch time with it being NCAA tournament time, performing full cylinders and – being tough to stop. Um, our other goals scored was by Ava Tinkersley, Ellie Poggio, and Mia Webby. And just to show you how offensively minded and attacking our, our our soccer team was, Arkansas had a total of 36 shots during the game with 17 shots on target. Um, so Arkansas, like I said, the soccer team, we'll talk about it later, will be back in action this coming Friday versus Ohio State in the second round of the tournament. And then we'll look at our Arkansas women's team. They had a matchup versus Tulsa where they ended up getting a win um, and moving to 3-0 on the season and just keeping up rolling as we know. They have the chance to be decent this year and – 
be able to have some success this year in the uh, conference play and hopefully make uh, a tournament appearance. So when you start going down and looking at the box score from the game, you have uh, several different players that were able to score and put up some numbers throughout the process. With this win over Tulsa, you had four Razorbacks in double figures for the game with Aaron Barnum leading all scores with 27, followed by Michaela Daniels with 19, and then Samara Spencer with 13, and then with Riley Langerman having 10. Um, during this game, the team shot 34.7% from the field and 28.2% from three-point range, and then 64.3% from the free-throw line. So overall, it was a tough game, but they pulled out the win to move to 3-0 on the season. Um, we'll talk about uh, some more matchups later on in the this podcast when we get to upcoming events in the week. And then that brings us up into our next segment of the game of this podcast where we're going to talk some Razorback recruiting updates. So I know I mentioned last week where Layden Blocker was going to sign uh, his letter of intent to play for the Razorbacks. Well, that happened on this or over this weekend at Bordinos where he Layden Blocker officially signed. Um, I saw several Razorback players were intended were in attendance for that Darian Ford Joseph Pinion, and a few other guys were there uh, supporting their future teammate. And then as of today, when I'm recording this podcast on Tuesday, um, five-star center Bay Fall officially committed and signed his letter of intent for Arkansas, which is a huge get for Coach Muss um, to get this next recruiting class building up and to – improve this team and it's just another good start for him for this season um when you look at Bayfall and what he brings to the court he you know he's a big time athlete he he's very athletic can run the floor um he's very physical in the paint and is able to get offensive rebound opportunities and he's just extremely athletic uh, I think you'll see a lot of times when next year he'll be able to affect shots, get blocked shots. It, it, with, with him being 6'10", that'll bring some more height to this team, uh, additionally to what we have. And we'll have to see how this season shakes up and who all ends up leaving or moving on from the program. Um and then, so now we look at some upcoming events for Razorback Sports over the next week. You have our Arkansas men's basketball team taking on South Dakota State on Wednesday, November 16th. South Dakota State is a team that had 30 wins last year. They did make the tournament uh, where they, I believe they played Providence and came close to beating them in the tournament. Um, and they returned several guys from that team last year and have 
uh, one or two incoming freshmen that have been playing a lot this year. So this is definitely going to be one of our early on tough tests to see how we stack up this year. Um, so we'll have them in Bud Walton on Wednesday where the spread for the game right now is Arkansas minus 14 and a half. So we'll see if we can cover that spread and hopefully get another win before heading to Maui on Friday. Um, and then on Thursday, November 17th, our Arkansas women's basketball is going to take on Kent State, where they'll look to remain undefeated uh, on the season. And then, as I mentioned before, we have our Arkansas women's soccer team taking on Ohio State, November 18th, this Friday. Um, this will be the second round of the NCAA tournament. And uh, they they will be playing Ohio State, who in the first round beat Bucknell one to zero. So we'll hope that our women's soccer team can win and keep advancing on the tournament. And we'll have some more news on that next week. And all right, now we'll move into our football preview segment, where we're going to talk about the Arkansas versus Ole Miss game on November nineteenth at six thirty p.m. So Arkansas is finally getting a night game on this season where this season's been full of 11 a.m. early game kickoffs. So it's nice to have a night game to end our homestand this season with this being our last home game of the season and where we'll take on Missouri next week where we'll talk more about that on next week's podcast. But Ole Miss. So I watched on Saturday the game where they played Alabama, and it was a close game where they had the chance to win the game with under two minutes left in the game, and they just couldn't convert in the red zone to get the win. Um, Jackson Dart overthrew a wide receiver wide open in the end zone, and just they, they couldn't take it. So... Alabama came out with a win. Um, Ole Miss comes in with an eight and two record, where they are ranked a, as of last week eleventh. We'll see where the polls have them this week coming into the weekend. Um, again, it's interesting to see the spread for this game started out at Ole Miss only favored by three. Ole Miss averages thirty six point one points per game. And they're only allowing 22.41 points per game. When you look at the Ole Miss offense, they put up on average 485.7 yards per game with 225.9 of those being passing and 259.8 being rushing. Um, defensively, Ole Miss allows on an average on average 371.9 yards per game with 220.9 being passing and 151 rushing yards. So we'll go into some key players to watch for the Ole Miss Rebels. Um, you got to start off with their quarterback, Jackson Dart, who transferred in over the offseason from USC. Um, so far this season, he has 15 touchdowns to seven interceptions on the season where he 
has a 60.7% completion percentage with his average pass attempt going for 8.6 yards. He is fairly mobile, having 96 carries on the season with 508 yards, averaging 5.3 yards per carry. So he can spread the ball around a little bit, um, but I think the the guy we're going to have to kind of key in on and watch out for the most is their running back, Quinshawn Judkins. He is a true freshman this year, and he is the only running back in the SEC that is above Rocket in rushing yards for the season. He has 205 carries on the year with 1,171 yards, averaging 5.7 yards per carry, and he has 15 touchdowns. And like I mentioned, he is the SEC rushing leader so far through um, the season. He is someone that they keep mentioning that was not – Super highly recruited, but Lane Kiffin, you know, scouted him out, ended up making off making him an offer and getting him to Ole Miss, and it looks like it's turning out well as he is he's a hard guy to bring down. Um, I know he breaks a lot of tackles, so that that's something we're gonna have to be sure that we wrap up on tackles and make sure we're getting a lot a lot of defensive pressure. Um our defense needs to come ready to play like it did this past week. Barry Odom needs to have those guys ready to go, and hopefully we have another stellar performance from the defense. And then when you look at wide receivers for the Rebels, you got to talk about Jonathan Mingo, their go-to guy, who has 37 receptions on the season for 723 yards and five touchdowns. So... They can throw it a little bit. I think they rely on heavily on the run game, similar to you know how Arkansas is. So I think it's going to be a battle of on the status of KJ and how practice has been for him this week. I like our odds against Ole Miss if KJ plays this week. If he doesn't play, I know Coach Pittman said that he's opened the backup quarterback competition back up between Malik and Cade. So that kind of gives you an idea of how Malik's performance was this past Saturday against LSU. Um, just not being able to get anything going through the air and Cade Fortin coming in and getting that touchdown pass to Matt Landers. For Arkansas to win this matchup, Arkansas has to get back to being Arkansas. And what I mean by that is we've got to run the ball effectively. We have to get back to what we do best, and that is getting Rocket the ball and letting him get into space, hit the gaps, and go. That's what we've been really well at this season. And look at the past two weeks. You know, with these two losses, we struggled to run the ball. We struggled to get that push offensively, and we just haven't been doing the things that we need to do to be successful Um, so hopefully with the addition of Dalton Wagner back and hopefully KJ back, that's going to open up the run game a little bit where your defense is going to have to look at, is KJ going to run the ball? Is he going to hand it off to Rocket or is he going to pass the ball? Because we know KJ can pass the ball better than, um, elite and Cade can. Like I mentioned, Arkansas needs to come out with that same defensive intensity that we had against LSU. Uh, I would 
easily say that's the best performance our defense has had all season. They just came out and they were giving our offense plenty of opportunities, plenty of time. They were carrying the game for us, giving us all the opportunity to come back and score. But we just couldn't manufacture manufacture any points. Um, A lot of people look back and say in the early part of the game where we decided to go forward on fourth down instead of take the field goal, that could have made a difference. But um, I know Pittman's logic behind that was points where it's going to be hard to come by. And I don't blame him for wanting to try to get that touchdown to give us some momentum and an edge. But we're going to have to come out and capitalize this week. It's going to be another cold game. With it being a 6.30 kickoff, I believe as of right now, the estimated temperature kickoff is going to be 30 degrees, which is going to be colder than last week. So hopefully that means more focus on the run game and getting that going. We'll just have to see. Um, This is going to be a key game for the Hogs over these next two games as we are still trying to get bowl eligible. So I think a good quote from Sam Pittman this week is he said, you know, after this loss against LSU, we can either wallow on it or come back and get bowl eligible, which I think I, I think our team's going to respond to that. I know they really want to win, especially after the tight game we had with LSU or Ole Miss last year going into the overtime momentum and losing by one where – we opted to go for the two-point conversion for the win instead of tie it up and go further into overtime with the field goal. So I know this game is going to mean a lot for KJ, as he is from Mississippi and didn't get that win last year and not getting to play this year against Mississippi State. I know he, he wants to beat the Mississippi schools. Um, that's big for him, especially since he is, again, from the state of Mississippi. So I think if we see KJ this week, I think that's going to be a big part of him getting out there and playing this week is he hates sitting on the sidelines, especially against schools like this that is from his home. I know that's going to be a fire for him. He had six touchdowns last year in the game versus Ole Miss. So I think we see him come out, and if he does play, I think there's the opportunity for him to have one of his best games of the season just because this is a big game for him, and it's important to him to get the win over those Mississippi schools that passed on him coming out of high school and jumped on recruiting him either late or not at all. And so he he has something to prove to these schools, and I, I don't blame him, but we're going to have to play some good football again, get back to Arkansas football of running the ball. And then once you get your run game going, the passing game is going to open up. We're going to have to have receivers step up Matt Landers, Hazelwood, Keytron Jackson. Um, they're going to have to work on getting separation and getting open for KJ to throw them the ball. Um, and, I know I said it last week, and I'll say it again this week. I think we need to get um, Trey Knox involved in the game. Every time we've gotten him involved in the game, it's been successful with touchdowns or big gains. It's just 
what he can do at that tight end spot being a hybrid tight end coming moving over from wide receiver putting on some muscle and still maintaining that speed of a wide receiver but at the tight end spot where he can beat linebackers in the defense and outrun a lot of guys that are going to try to cover him so it boils down to we need to get the win against Ole Miss so we can become bowl eligible and take some pressure off of us next week versus Missouri where we can just go in a little bit more relaxed and not tense that that's our last chance to get bowl eligible. I know they are still not bowl eligible yet either, so if they don't get the win this week against New Mexico State, then it will be a fight for them to get bowl eligible next week as well, and we don't want to have to put more pressure on ourselves to get a win last game of the season to get to postseason play. So with that, you know, hopefully Arkansas can get the win against Ole Miss and come out successful and become bowl eligible and then move on and carry that momentum into Missouri the next week and finish the the season with seven wins, possibly eight, with a bowl game. I think that's the ideal situation with what we have left and what we got to look forward to down the road. And so coming up in our next segment, we have a, another special guest this week. Our guest played basketball for Arkansas from 2017 to 2019. His freshman year, he averaged 11.8 points and 6.2 rebounds, where he increased those stats to 16.9 points and 8.6 rebounds and 1.9 blocks per game his sophomore year. He was drafted 38th overall by the Chicago Bulls in 2019, and played for them from 2019 to 2021, where in March of 21, he was traded to the Washington Wizards and is still there. We'll welcome to the show former Arkansas Ridgeback and current Washington Wizard, Daniel Gafford. All right, we are excited to welcome on Dan Gafford to the Woopig Weekly Podcast. So let's get started with you. So how's everything going with you right now? Um, everything is going good. You know, up here in Washington, really just enjoying life, you know, taking it one day at a time, having a decent season right now, kind of a up and down in our season. We're still figuring out as we go, but other than that, we really can't complain. Been doing good on and off the floor, really, I would say. Yeah, that's good to hear, definitely for sure. Um uh how what's the weather like down in Washington? It's a bit wishy-washy. You know, we've had uh, with all this, you know bad weather and stuff that's been rolling around everywhere the last couple of days. We've had a lot of rain, we've had a lot of sun, and we've had a lot of cold. So it's been a mixture of all three. You know, so today so. Was, Yeah, today so not too different from Arkansas cold. weather then. Right. <laughs> today is a mixture of just sun and cold right now. So thank God it wasn't raining. It's been raining like the last past couple of days here. I'm not going to lie. For sure, for sure. So we'll get started here. So you played for Arkansas from 2017 to 19 under Coach Anderson. So can you go into a little bit about your recruiting process and who all recruited you? Um, my main recruiter was uh, Coach Watkins, Melvin Watkins, when he went, of course, when those guys were there and whatnot. Um, he, he used to come down all the time and watch our practices in El Dorado. And, you know, it was always a big thing for me for just – you know, I had one of the colleges that really wanted to see me in a Razorback jersey or just a school jersey in general come down all the time and just show love and support. 
and really just be invested in kids, you know, trying to make a living and trying to figure out what they wanted to do with, you know, college wise, basically. So their recruitment, Coach Watkins always came down. It was either him, him and Coach Anderson. Um, they would send somebody down from the team. You know, they'll bring me up, bring me back and forth on official visits, watch football games, take me out to eat, so on and so forth. Just really just showing us around the city and showing us the things that go on up there day in, day out. Fayetteville, Arkansas, man, and it was dope. So the recruitment process, I would say, with Arkansas was great. You know, they made me feel like that I could go somewhere and say it was kind of like my second home whenever I came back down, came from El Dorado. So that was a good thing. For sure, for sure. So besides Arkansas, what other schools actually tried to recruit you? Um, so I had LSU, Florida, uh, Mississippi State. Where else? Mm, that's all I can remember right now. It wasn't a lot, but it was a fair amount. Mm. Gotcha, yeah. So being, you know, an Arkansas kid, you know, did you always want to play for the University of Arkansas or was that something that came on later during the um, process? Really just, you know, kind of like when I fully got accumulated with, like accumulated with basketball and whatnot, like as soon as I was locked in with it, I just wanted to be as close to home as possible, you know, and I felt like going up to Fayetteville was one of the best decisions for me if I wanted to do that. So that was really just the main reason for sure because I wanted to be close to mom. I'm a mama's boy, so I got to get back down there whenever I can. And it's just, I just, I just love the atmosphere there, you know. Whenever I came for visits, whenever I came for really just coming to watch practices and stuff, so on and so forth. I really just love the environment and I love all the love and care that the organization and the program had for just like the city and the, basket, and the basketball team as well. And how much they really just like reached out and made it, you know, different for every person that came to the school. Right. And kind of like made you a priority there. Yeah. Uh, so. You know, did it mean something special that you did get the opportunity to play for the University of Arkansas and, you know, stay home and play for your home state? Yeah, of course. You know, um, going into my first year, I, I it kind of clicked with me, like, halfway through the season, you know, that it's big for me to just be able to be in uh, – stay home, stay home, you know, stay in the state guy and just play for my home state because, you know, it was one of the best things that everybody in the, in the state of Arkansas really cared about. You know, we, they love it. And they love the Razorbacks, and they're going to show love, win, lose, or draw. You know, it's going to be some ones that's out there give you some constructive criticism from time to time. But other than that, it's all out of love. It's all out of care, and they care about it. They care about us, like, you know, one by one instead of just, like, you know, a group. Everybody gets to try to get to know, you know, any type of hall down the road, no matter if you're on the sideline or if you're actually playing in the game. So that's something that I really just took, you know, genuine, like took to my heart because all the genuine care and support that we had from the fans throughout the time that I was there. Yeah, for sure. And I imagine, especially with being in Arkansas, Arkansas is essentially the pro team in the state. So you get all the attention, you know, yeah. everybody's focused on the hogs. So, yeah. Um, so going into your career here in Arkansas, what was it like playing for Coach Anderson? Oh, it was great. You know, um, we always got a taste of just like, you know, the back in the day halls with him. You know, he was very focused on, I would say, one to kind of like coach in the same sense of, you know, Nolan Richardson, of course. And it's something that I was like, you know, very locked into because of the simple fact that, you know, those were those were the years where they actually wanted, 
you know, and he was just trying to bring like that championship feeling back to the team and whatnot. So it was it was dope, you know. Um, really just playing for a guy that was real down to earth, humble, cared about his guys. You know, we always went over his house to eat. We always went over his house to hang, talk. Be pretty much anything you would want from a guy. You know, I would say he was the right person to go to, basically. Yeah. Because, I mean, it was no day that I would say that I hated, you know, being up under him at all. I was about to say, so what, or is there anything in particular that you can say that he really helped you most develop to get you ready for, you know, your future career? He really helped me mentally a lot. Um, There was times where he used to always, because I was a real big fan of Bobby Portis at the time. You know, he was like a real big inspiration for me. And I kind of like wanted to follow like in his footsteps. You know, I looked up to him. Bobby is kind of like a big brother to me, you know, from another mother, so on and so forth. And really just being able to feel like I was in the same position as he was in when he was there. He used to tell me stories all the time about he used to have the same talks with me, with Bobby. So I was basically kind of like going down the same path, you know, and really just having that, you know, in the back of my head, it just showed that he actually cared about, you know, the growth and like the mental of his players instead of just, you know, the basketball side, you know? Right. Yeah. So, and then, Looking at it, so what was it like getting to play with guys like, you know, you and Isaiah Joe were freshmen at the same time. Mason Jones was here as well. What was it like playing with those guys? Uh, it was my second year playing with Isaiah Joe, but having somebody like him, you know, as, you know, a freshman coming in and kind of like being somebody. Um, but having somebody like that and being, you know, kind of like the big bro of the group at the time and really just – you know, being there and trying to lead by example is something that helped me throughout, you know, my last year there. And I feel like it was something that helped him coming into his next year, too, because he was basically going to going the same route as me leadership wise. Um, so it was something special, you know, and just being with a guy that was from Arkansas and a lot of other guys from Arkansas and Mason, too, you know. Mason was a dog. <laughs> Always had to have the ball in his hands. He went down, and if he needed a bucket, he got us a bucket. You know, no matter no how, no, it didn't matter how many shots it took to get that bucket, but he got that bucket for us. It's one of the main things that I'd say. Mason is a great guy on the floor and off the floor, and I just had the best opportunity just to play with both of those guys. You know, yeah. because now you know they're basically in the same position um, as I. You know. Isaiah's at OKC. He's finding his role there. Mason is still doing his thing in the G League, always making his name for himself day in, day out. So, yeah, I was about to say with that too, you know, uh, you also got to get, go against uh, another former Hog big man with Jalen Williams last night too. Yeah. So, um, another, you know, in that history of, you know, big man from Arkansas, you got Bobby, you got you, now Jalen's in the league. Right. I kind of, that kind of shows you the program that's here, you know, with, especially with all those guys being in-state kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's dope because just to think that, you know, there's a lot more to come out of Arkansas for sure. You know, don't sleep on the state. We got dogs too. Right. <laughs> that's the main thing that I always say, uh, of course, behind the scenes, whenever anything, you know, happens, you know, with Arkansas, because I mean, I love the state. You know, love the people there. We all hard workers and we all set goals and try to get to a position to where we can just succeed in life. That's the main thing. Right. And so, you know, let's talk a little bit about your NBA career. I know you got drafted with the Bulls and then last March you got traded over to the Wizards. So kind of walk us through that, the draft process and all of that. 
the draft process was, you know, a bit more smooth than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be a lot more nerve wracking. I thought it was going to be a bit more, you know, me being like anxious, you know, having like high anxiety of it, overthinking it and whatnot. But I think I took a good approach to it, you know, and I figured out ways that I kind of built me a routine as I was going and it kind of helped me out a lot. So the draft process, it went by real smooth. My workouts was great. Um, I was out in Aventura, Florida on a great little strength and conditioning program. You know, Tony Falls, he had me, he had me doing pretty much everything, you know, lifting everything, tossing everything, whatever he had workout wise, you name, he had me doing it. <laughs> um, uh, my guy, Brandon Dean, he was um, helping me on the court stuff, really, you know, just making sure I was just in shape to be able to kind of like, you know, go to the draft, come by, open some eyes, get some eyes on me, get some attention, really. You know, so that was a draft process. And getting drafted was kind of like, you know, where I felt that I took a step back mentally because I let the simple fact of where I thought I was going to go and where I went, I let that get to me because wasn't a first round draft pick, of course. You know, everybody wants to be a first round draft pick. But once you get out of that first round, you get to a point to where it's just like, you know, you tell you telling your agent, like, just get me somewhere. That was the main thing that was in my head. Just get me somewhere, no matter where it is. I mean, I'm going to have to prove myself. I might as well just, you know, do it wherever I can go at this point. So got drafted to Chicago. You know, um, felt like I did decent there. I could have done a lot better, of course, I'm pretty sure. But just felt like I had missed an opportunity there that I didn't take. You know, it was, I was wet behind the ears. I was young. And I was still trying to figure out things on and off the floor. As a human being and whatnot so it was a lot of stuff that I felt that kind of like held me back but at the same time I felt like I held myself back a lot more um so and once we get to my second year uh when I got traded I got traded to the Wizards and the trade deadline came around and what was I doing I think we had played Philly the night before and I was what are we doing so we played Philly like we lost that game. The next day, you know, trade down, I was over in my head. <laughs> and I was, you know, out walking my dogs the next morning. It's crazy. It's really funny. I tell everybody this. I was in like my freshman Arkansas jumpsuit when <laughs> I was walking my dogs. So it was kind of it was kind of funny because I started, you know, at Arkansas my freshman year. Kind of felt like I wasn't doing enough to be able to get to where I wanted to be in college. And that was like one of the main like jumpsuits that I always wore and whatnot. And I had another opportunity given to me when I got traded to the Wizards in that same jumpsuit, you know? <laughs> so um, as I'm walking my dogs, you know, I got my phone on do not disturb, of course. You know, I just kind of wanted to be a chill day. It was an off day, but just hang out. Um, I get back, I'm getting close to my house and I look at my phone, of course. And uh, my wife now, she's she tells me that I, I got traded to Washington. And I thought she was joking around with me. I thought she was playing with me. I thought she was trying to, you know, prank me, of course. You know, she she tends to joke from time to time. But um, she was telling the truth because when I got in the house, I got a call from my agent, and I had a call from the GM, the VP from the Bulls at the time. Um, got on the phone with them, talked to them, you know, said, by, you know, basically no harm, no foul. It's just business, whatnot. Um, got on the phone with my agent. She was like, look. You know, got traded to Washington. This is another opportunity. You got to fly out at 8 o'clock that night. And that morning, you know, I took the time to kind of, like, pack as much stuff as I could. And I flew out to Washington the next, the next 
So flew out that night, got there that morning. You know, they introduced me to everything. Uh, got me in Washington the day after I got traded. Took all my uh, physicals, stuff like that. Got all that, got all that out of the way. Got all the health part out of the way. Then I played my first game, and then that was like a door closing behind me and me opening another door to kind of like reset myself for my career. That was the main thing. And I came out and I had a good debut with the Wizards. And from that point on, the scale just went up for me. You know, I stayed in the gym. I stayed locked in. And it kind of helped me because it kind of reset me mentally to, to where I could put myself in a position to where I can actually care for my um, skill set, care for my mental care. That's my story. That's the story from the draft all the way up to the trade. You know, as you can see now, we're here. Right. Yeah. So. Um, with you being in the league for three years now, so what? Who are some of the you know favorite players that you've gotten to play with so far? Um, my most favorite player was, of course, Russell Westbrook, and then behind him is Zach Levine. Pretty much any guy that I would usually like being you know any type of area to watch when I was coming up as you know a teenager and stuff playing AAU and whatnot. But favorite teammates for sure was Russ, then Zach Levine, of course, Bradley Bill, um, so on and so forth. But I say all those guys know who they are, mainly the ones that kind of like stuck by my side and kind of like, you know, gave me some type of motivation to really just keep going no matter how hard it gets. You know, stay professional, keep your head up and keep working. Those are the main things. So those guys, and I'm pretty sure they'll know who they are if they ever see this. You know, they know who they are for sure. Yeah, yeah. but of course, my most favorite was Russ, just because, you know, it's Russell Westbrook. You know, I grew up when he was at OKC. Um, It was like right before Kevin Durant had went to Golden State and whatnot. And it was just Competitive basketball, high energy. He came out night in, night out at the same routine and just went at guys, you know? Yeah. So what is it like when you get to play other teams with, like, you know, when you get it to go up against Bobby and, you know, things like that? How How is that? I just don't. You know, I get real pumped all the time when I go against Bobby just because of the simple fact, you know, this big bro, I got to go at him, you know? Um, and then going against, like, you know, Jalen and Isaiah – and all the other guys that are from the Hogs that are in the league, man, it's just something dope because, you know, we all work to get to this position. And now we're battling each other because we got to the highest position of our careers and we're being able to, you know, go at each other or play with each other, uh, play with each other at the same time in an NBA setting. That's something that, you know what I'm saying? It's amazing because, you know, we work to get here, really. And all our hard work paid off. Now we can finally put it on display. Yeah, for sure. Um, so then looking at that, you know, what kind of advice would you give guys that are playing right now, whether they're in college now or they're in high school getting ready to play college ball? Um, advice that I could give really just be a workhorse, stay consistent with your grind, stay consistent with your routine. And if you got the right people in here that's telling you to do the right things, then those are the type of people that you need to keep around you in the long run. You know, it's a lot of friendships. And I would say, you know, it's a lot of friendships that probably won't last throughout your life or throughout your college life, I would say. But it's sooner or later where you're going to have to start, you know, thinking about self at some point in time. Because if you want to get to the next level and whatnot, you got to become the CEO of your business. And, it's, you know, becoming a CEO, it takes a lot of, 
people getting fired, a lot of feelings getting hurt, and a lot of decisions being made. So that's my advice. Yeah. And so looking at it now with, you know, Arkansas now, I don't know, you. I guess you try to keep up with it as much as you can now? Yeah, I try my best. Um, I don't have a full, complete schedule of when the guy's playing and whatnot, but I do see it on Twitter all the time. And I try to tune in as much as I can. But mostly I just see clips and stuff that – you know, of the previous night or the night of whatnot. And I keep up with them as much as I can. Like the other day they had the Arkansas football game against LSU, I believe. They had it up in the locker room. We watched it before the game. When I sad to say the outcome was you know, obviously not what we wanted, but it was just dope. Right, that's just, yeah. you know, that's where I went, man. <laughs> you know, and I'm talking shit to all the guys that's, you know, in the all the guys that's in the locker room, like, yeah, we finna get this dub. We finna get this. We finna get that. Yeah, this, yeah, that. Just talking trash because, I mean, I'm going to rep my state. For sure. Correct. For sure. You know, no like, matter what sport, no matter what sport it is on TV, I'm gonna rep the state most depth. But um sooner or later I'm gonna get a chance to watch the basketball guys. When I do, I'm gonna really be talking trash throughout the whole time that uh we're playing. So if anybody's gonna be watching with me, I'm gonna be hearing my mouth the whole time. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, win, lose, or draw, you know, always gotta rep the hogs about you know facts. Got to. And so now um what do you think about now that, you know, Coach Muss has taken over the program, you know, what do you think about him and his style of how he's been coaching and playing? Um, I feel like it's a real big change for the organization that kind of took us by surprise, you know. Um, I felt like, you know, there was a lot of people that was thinking it was probably going to be the same. But him and Mike Anderson, they have two different coaching styles, of course. And then when it comes to Musselman, you know, he coached in the NBA, of course, and he's bringing – professional basketball into the college scene and I got a chance to watch one of the practices and stuff the first year he got here and it was just you know it was dope just being in that position because he kind of like molded a college practice how an NBA practice would be you know so it was just something different that I seen about it and that was just the main thing you know he's really technical with a lot of stuff and he is one of the you know one of the best coaches to be out there on social media because he is I would say connected to the fan base, to the players, their families, so on and so forth. He's connected throughout. So there's nothing that's going to be, you know, unsurprising about him. He's going to come out with energy night in, night out, and he's just going to show his love for the game, no matter if he's, you know, in a suit, in a arm sling from when he messed up his arm, <laughs> you know. But, I mean, it's just dope to see, you know, the program, you know, striving like this. It's really, It really is. Um, and like I said, I like – Anybody would say, I just can't wait for more to come day in, day out. Because I've seen they just got another five-star recruit. He brings a lot of attention to the state of Arkansas. I was about to say, yeah, um, and he's another big man like yourself, too. So Yeah, yeah. and Muslim brings a lot of attention to the state of Arkansas, bringing more and more attention as the days go by. Yeah, sure. So did you really have any interaction with him? I know, you know, when you're – did you know in your draft prep at Arkansas and get to have any interaction with him after, you know, he took over the program in 2019? Um, I used to come back and forth when I was in Chicago to um, Fayetteville and whatnot, and I got a chance to talk to him time to time. And then the recent time when we had all came um, for the game and stuff, we caught up a lot too then. So it was – it's, it's been a couple of times, but I've had a guy – I've gotten a good chance to really just sit down and just talk to him, really. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So any plans in the near future to get back up here to the Hill to a game or anything like that? I'm going to try. If there's any around maybe all-star break, if I'm not in the dunk contest or anything like that, I'm for sure going to try to come back. Um, but all in all, 
I'm really angry for that dunk contest this year. Right, yeah. I was about to say, speaking of dunks, did you happen to catch the one from the game last night? Uh, yeah. yeah. Brazil? Yeah, I, re- I retweeted it. Um, man, oh my goodness. I couldn't stop, I couldn't stop watching because that's all I seen on my Twitter feed. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, I know this morning it, it came up number one in the SEC or Sports Center yeah. top 10. And I know I mean, it's only right. That's only right. <laughs> I know LeBron, Magic, they were all talking about it too, saying that could be the dunk of the year. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, let's look at it. <laughs> You know, everybody's like, oh, which dunk is the best? Well, of course, this dunk is the best right now because that was vicious. And I love it. You know, the energy energy is great. I love it. This team is going to probably do a lot this year. Not even probably. I feel like they're going to go all the way and go, you know, further than what happened last year. Of course, you know, we came up short these last, what, two years? Yeah, I was about to say back-to-back Elite Eights and then – yeah. Came but, up short these last two years. So we're going to see what they do this year. I got a lot of faith in the guys, though. That's one thing about me. I was about to say, yeah, last year lost to Duke and Coach K's last run at the tournament, too. So, yeah. It was tough. Yeah. So um, looking back, is there any other thing that sticks out in your head about your career at Arkansas that, you know, like to talk about? That I don't like to talk about? Um, not really. You know, my time in Arkansas was decent. Uh, so of course, there's personal stuff that you deal with day in, day out. But right. it was nothing too serious to where I would say it's something that I wouldn't talk about. You know, I enjoyed my time there. I enjoyed life. I was a young guy, made mistakes day in, day out, mistake after mistake. And I learned from them. And that's what helped me become the guy I am today. You know, we wouldn't be what we are without the mistakes that we've made in the past. So, you know, I really don't hold nothing back when it comes to just really just any type of personal things that's, you know, been going on in my life. But no, there's nothing that I would say that I don't want to talk about, you know. <laughs> I was really just, you know, I was an introverted guy. I stayed in my room 24-7. I really didn't do too much. Uh, my freshman year, I did a little bit more. My sophomore year, I kind of toned it down. I turned into an old man, basically. So do you, do you still talk to Coach Anderson much? Um, yeah, I talk to him from time to time. You know, we play in New York and stuff, so he comes and watch the games. Um, when Bobby was there, he used to come and watch us both play all the time. He had made sure he got his pictures, of course. And all oh, that. Yeah. It was dope. It would be, it's always dope, though, you know, just to be able to see, you know, a familiar face here and there now and then, you know. So it was just something that I would do to me because the first time I got to see him, we had played the Knicks. And that's, um, I think, when Bobby had first got traded there, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, the second year there. Um, and, yeah, Bobby put on the show, of course, and I was over there watching. <laughs> you know, but uh, it was dope just, you know, him just seeing two of the guys he had in his program, getting to catch up with them, something, you know, guys always remember. So when you got drafted and went to Chicago, was there a lot of excitement going to Chicago, especially, you know, that's where Michael Jordan played. So – what was that like getting to Chicago, especially where, you know, you have, you know, one of the greatest all times that played there? Uh, it was dope. Just to really just think about it, it was motivation because, you know, just the, all the talent and all the grit and all the hard work they put into winning all those championships around that time. It was just something that, you know, like, yeah, I'm going to come in day in, day out, and I'm going to kind of work my tail off to try to be in that position too. You know, they had the banners and stuff for when they wanted it and whatnot in the weight room. I was always in the rape room every morning before we started our 
daily workouts throughout the season and stuff. And I just used it as motivation. I looked up every time. Um, every time that I went to the gym, I always looked up at it, you know, maybe stayed there a little bit too long. But, you know, as a kid like me, being in an era to where it was kind of like the end of that when I got when I was born, you know, that's something that I want to kind of like, you know, get back to. That was the main thing. Just being motivated and working hard just to get to that point. Yeah. And so what was what is it like, I guess, playing with the guys now that are kind of like the Michael Jordans of the leagues? Like what was it like when you play like LeBron and guys like that? Um. Of course, it's a it's a it's a whirlwind, you know, it's a blur, but you you have to be ready to go as soon as you lace the shoes up. And the first time I played against him, um, I didn't play, of course. Uh, we played the Lakers when I was in Chicago and, you know, LeBron went crazy. I think it was I think that was his first year when he got to the Lakers, too, around the state. It was his, was it his second. Uh, I don't remember off the top of my head, but. Um, but yeah, just seeing, you know one of the guys that you've grown up watching do crazy things on the floor and just seeing that in person, it kind of, it kind of messes you, messes with you a little bit, <laughs> you know, you're like, man, I'm really here, you know? And it's just like seeing all the plays and stuff that you usually see on TV, like buzzer beaters and stuff, the um, game that we won in Charlotte in Chicago, when Zach shot the fadeaway three to win the game, that's something you see on TV. And now you're, you're excited behind the screen, but I'm looking at this in live action on the sideline. You know, so it's just something that I'm forever grateful for because I'm getting to experience all of these, you know, situations in this, you know, profession that I get to hold, like, you know, in here. Because when I was here with it mentally, it was just like, you know, a screenshot mentally. You know what I'm saying? Now I got it somewhere that, like, I'm in the vicinity and it's got to hit a game winner either on us or we hit one on them. You know, and it's just a bundle of emotions, and I, I get excited just even thinking about it. You know, yeah, for sure. That 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 is, I can imagine that's probably so surreal yeah. uh, <laughs> feeling just seeing that and being there on the sidelines. Um, but yeah, well, I mean, I want to thank you again for you know joining this episode of Wool Pick Weekly. I mean, feel free. We we'll, we we might have you back from time to time if you're up for it, and. Um, after finishing up this episode, please make sure to support the Southern Boy Sports Podcast Network. The network includes Southern Boy Sports itself at SO underscore boy underscore sports on Twitter, the second to none podcast at SECOND underscore 2NUN on Twitter, and the Mid State Weekly Show at Mid underscore State underscore show on Twitter. All of these shows bring solid college and high school info from around the nation. Make sure to follow each show and give them all a five star review. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Woo Pig Weekly.